Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. I am Taylor. We are kicking off a new series called Limited, and I am joined by two special guests and friends. First, I'm joined by lead pastor Jose Abaroa. Jose, hey, Taylor. Good welcome to be here. back to the podcast. And we're joined by special guest worship pastor Joel Hernandez. Welcome back thank to you, thank you. the podcast. Jose, not just a new message, but a new series, Why Limited? And as we kick off just kind of the back-to-school season... What do you think God has in store for our church? Yeah, so the reality is that we all have limited time. We all have 24 hours a day, seven days a week, yeah. 365 days a year. So time is limited, money is limited, and uh, our influence is limited. Yet we live in a culture that is so good at pitching this idea that unlimited is the way to go. So unlimited data, unlimited car washes, unlimited drinks. What else is unlimited? <laughs> you guys help me out. What else? All is kinds of things. I feel food. like food. Buffet. Yeah, food absolutely. Oof. When was the last time you went to a buffet? <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah. Well, actually, no, see, that's probably the best. That's <laughs> I don't probably want to help myself here. <laughs> the best example. Japanese steakhouse is a little different. You think going to a buffet is a good idea? until you leave the buffet and you're like that was not the best idea and yet you know we have this desire to have unlimited fill in the blank so we need to embrace limits is the point and i think it's important as we enter into this new rhythm in the fall whatever that may look like for your family um or season of life that we need to embrace these limits in acts 2 42 through 47 they did that the first gathering the first uh, group of believers after the Holy Spirit came down on the day of Pentecost, they were limited and they were devoted to a few things. So that's what we'll be focusing in on. Yeah, yeah. So looking at Acts 2, you just mentioned it, but that passage here, starting with, we're going to look through four G's that Mm -hmm. we've talked through before as a church, really focusing in on this first one here of gather. And there's kind of three things we're going to focus on, gathering for Jesus, gathering for relationships, and gathering for mission. And before we unpack each of those, how does that relate to being limited just specifically with the gathering piece? And what does that look like for us as we seek to apply this just in our week to week? Well, we want to be devoted people. We want to be intentional as to what we are committed to. And again, uh, in the idea of unlimited, there are so many invitations that we get. There are so many things that we can be busy doing. And so really taking the time to think about what is trying to take my attention, my devotion, and go going from there, okay, what does God want me to be devoted to in these three things? Or, or is, it, it answers that question. Yeah, for sure. I think about what you mentioned on Sunday where it was like the checkbook or, or what, all the different things Calendars. that you, the all calendar, the all the C's that got Concerns. you. Uh, and then another C that was convicting because that's a cube. Uh, <laughs> <that's a cute. laughs> that was super convicting because I think of all the things that we have unlimited access to, streaming, uh, Netflix, all the things, our phones, twi- all the things, right? And then how you mentioned, we have to be limited intention and devoted absolutely i'm not going to call anyone out but it is a common uh i don't want to call it excuse that might be harsh but a common thing that i hear from people when it comes to community group or just uh getting together with other believers is that well i just don't have time time. i've got a lot going on and so i'm not trying to call out anyone that's listening (laughs) that's maybe you've said that before but but what are some encouragements that y'all would have for someone that's in that boat there that is feeling this sense of constraint with their calendar. Yeah, we just multiplied our group, our community group. And I just sent the text yesterday to one of our group leaders. Hey, I'm so sad that we were unable to make it. Mm -hmm. So we already had a schedule conflict. And the reason why we did that is because we didn't sit down and intentionally place 
the community group on Tuesday night on our calendar. And so yeah. then something else came up and we looked at our calendar and we, we had simply, you know, just, a, it, it, we forgot, yeah. you know, we forgot. There's so much going on. And so then we put something else on our calendar and then I realized, oh boy, we're going to have to miss, you know, the first multiplied community group. And, and that that's happened many times for me. So, Making sure that you put your priorities on your calendar mm-hmm. is super important. Yeah, we make time for what's important to us. That's and it. I think that's that's the biggest thing. You're talking about calendars, Jose. Mallory and I just ordered a calendar. We put it on our fridge, and we're starting to write physical in a calendar. physical calendar. Because I'm like, when I see leave the house, I want to be able to see exactly what's wow. going on. Because, I mean, the, the reality is we're all busy. We all have all kinds of things that we're doing yeah. all the time. And so to see those physical things, like, okay, this this is what I'm committed to, and then scheduling other things that are important in there. Yeah, and if we don't decide, if we're not prioritizing, if we're not intentional, if we're not devoted to these things, then we're going to slide into whatever the culture wants us to do, whatever our kids' activities dictate that we're doing, whatever our friends want us to do. We'll just be waiting for that invite. Yeah. You know, hey, do you want to fill in the blank? The answer is going to be yes, or it can be actually no, because I have priorities and I've made these commitments. And isn't that how it works with following Jesus? We have to commit yeah. to following Him. Otherwise, we're conformed, you know, yeah, transformed, we'll blown conformed. and tossed by the wind, yep. as it says, for sure. Mm-hmm. That's so good here. Practically, let's look at these three, Jose, that you had identified for just breaking out this uh, Acts 2 passage here that gathering for Jesus, gathering for relationships, and gathering for mission. Jose, I love what you said earlier about just comparing with the culture, not even just the, the sentiment of limited versus unlimited, but even just the way that we approach each of these uh, spiritual disciplines and just the way that we see this in Acts. So, as it relates to gathering for Jesus, h- mm-hmm. how does that actually, what does that practically look like as far as how do we, not just in maybe a community group, but just as believers, what does it look like to put Jesus as the center of the gatherings that we have? Well, I like, I'm going to talk about community groups for, for, for a little bit, because the word is the reason why we gather. We open up God's word together. That's how we honor Jesus. Mm-hmm. So not only what is Jesus teaching us, not only why do I love Jesus or we worship Jesus, but really opening up God's word and reading it and allowing it to fill us and speak to us and inspire us and to correct us. It's so important because it's this third party you know, that, that comes in, if it, you know, the three of us, Mm -hmm. we're, we're friends. And if we were to hang out naturally, we would have enough to talk about for two hours. Right. Yeah. And, and I think naturally God's word would intertwine. I'm confident that that would happen, but also I know myself well enough that I need accountability. And Mm -hmm. so Putting the word as the number one thing in a community group is so important because you have that opportunity to read God's word, be convicted by God's word, be guided by God's word. And in this case, the first gathering, the first church was they were they were they were being taught the apostles teaching. So the apostles were teaching them about Jesus and it's no different today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would just personally tag on there, though, that I think. Uh, I think about college in particular, this was a case, but just even in life now, when I'm around friends, I'm usually the, I'm usually going to be the one that's talking or socializing at least. And typically Not that comes you, from, Taylor. Oh, okay. No, so I gave y'all a pass. No, that was sarcasm. I like it. Uh, yeah, yeah. But 
uh, I'm usually always talking or sharing what's been on my mind. And so I think to your point, Jose, if I haven't been in the, in word, the word or if I have, if God hasn't been, or if I haven't been listening to the lessons that God is teaching me, then I'm not going to be talking about it. And it's not going to be the focal point of the gathering or the po- focal point of my thought life. And so I think mm-hmm. to your point, it starts before we even start about centering a community group or just even a gathering of believers, it starts by centering my heart and it's out of that overflow. Yeah. That's so good. I mean, the scripture teaches that our hearts deceive us, our emotions deceive us, and we have to be continually going back to absolute truth, which is the Word of mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the Word became flesh. Amen. And yeah. made His dwelling place among us. So Jesus was the Word, and then He showed up on earth to show us what it looked like to be truly human and live according to uh, what God wants us to do here. And so when we read the Word, Jesus is present with us. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. super important for us to keep that our, our number one priority. So we just talked about gathering for Jesus. The second point here is gathering for relationships. Jose, you used Hebrews 10, just not neglecting to meet together as a habit of some. Uh, I guess maybe what would maybe helpful for some practically listening is what is the opposite of this look like? So we, I think that it's a little more obvious with gathering for Jesus or not Jesus, but what does it look like to gather for relationships and what does it practically look like to gather not for relationships? Does that make hmm. sense? Like how does that, what does that look like when that's not being prioritized? Yeah, that's a good question. (laughs) I'm thinking of a couple of things. First, when I meet with people and we have a common goal and it's only about achieving that common goal, but it's not to really enjoy or share life together, it's shallow. Mm-hmm. You know, when when it's just about a project, it's just about, hey, we got to do this, get it done. Um, the, the koinonia, the fellowship is shallow. Yeah. But when you make the purpose of a gathering truly sharing life together, sharing your experiences, sharing your pain, sharing what really is going on in life, it changes. So I'll just say this, and I've said this before, we can have robust Bible studies about Jesus, yet miss out on the koinonia. Yeah. If we're not truly sharing how we're doing. And so it takes it to this deeper emotional level Mm -hmm. that bonds relationships. And that's what Jesus did. (laughs) He shared his life with others. And that's what this verse in Thessalonians, uh, what is it? Second Thessalonians two seven eight. We read this as apostles of Christ. These are the leaders of the church. Had a we had we certainly had a right to make some demands of you, but instead we were like children among you, or were like a mother feeding and caring for her own children. So there's this nurture aspect. And then verse eight says, "We loved you so much that we shared with you not only God's good news, so not only the truth about Jesus, but our own lives." Too. And Paul tells Timothy in uh, his other letters, and he tells other churches, I, I yearn to be with you. And so that's the koinonia aspect. Our common unity is not only Jesus, but it's also knowing how each other is doing. Yeah, for sure. I'll, I'll, whenever I thought of the question, I thought of it from this perspective, so I'll tackle it from the Sunday gathering perspective. But 
what I thought of was when we, people are gathering for relationships, so they're gathering to serve the church, to serve the people around us. Jose, you used the scripture, Colossians 3.16, for your first point, but I'm going to use it for this point. It says, let the word of Christ dwell in your richly teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts. Hmm. When we gather together, we're really ministering to the people around us as we lift our voice and sing and yeah. say amen, and mm-hmm. that's what it looks like to serve the church and and gather together like that versus when we come to church and we are saying, how can the church serve me? What is Jose teaching about this Sunday and how does that, is it going to serve me or not? Did Joel pick the right songs this Sunday? Mm -hmm. Those kinds Mm -hmm. of things. And so we can come and really make an impact in our our Sunday gatherings as well. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. I I think just that comes out of seeing people the way that God sees them. And I think Mm -hmm. that's what I thought about too with this, uh, just this particular piece, because both of y'all do this so well with me, but as far as just in relationships, I think people can tell when they're being a checkbox or they're being hurried through a time or or just doing, you know, we're we're gathering this community group because we have to do that or we feel like it's obligation. But when there's that true, genuine love and desire and just being shown like, oh, they, they see me for who I am in Christ and not because of what I do or what I give to them. Them, there's something powerful about that that really does begin to shape and just take it to a whole another level of gathering. So I think that's another piece that's that's important in this this part as well. The the third piece here is mission. So we gather for Jesus, gather for relationships. Lastly, here we gather for mission. Uh, maybe I'll ask the same kind of question here. What, what does it look like to gather that's not on mission? Because I think this may be more easier to to, to imagine. Yeah, I think that again, you take relationship too far. And then you only make it about meeting the needs of your closest friends or mm-hmm. of your community group per se. You know, you only focus on meeting each other's needs. And what that does is that walls the church, which is supposed to be the light of the world in a dark you know, reality, you keep the light from the darkness if we're not on mission, if, yeah. if we're not outward focused. And in this first church gathering, it's really cool that they they were outward focused and it says that they were breaking bread. So this idea that I'm going to share my bread with you, I'm going to break apart what I can have, right? This whole loaf of bread. I'm going to give you one piece, Taylor, and one piece, Joel. And then you're going to break that piece and you're going to give it to others. So, so we really really look to those outside and mission is huge too much relationship and we become insular and and we miss out on those that God wants us to reach yeah for sure I think this one for me is super convicting Jose you do this so well you live life on mission and then for me I'm more of an introvert can be to myself at times um, so this one's a challenge for me but I have to be super intentional I was listening to the podcast a couple of weeks ago with uh, our prayer pastor Rhonda and she said you have to be intentional before you even leave your house to to not miss what God has for you mm. as we are going and being on mission and so that convicted me as well so I'm working on it but but that is super well, encouraging and you do you do the relationship part so much and i can think of a couple of our conversations when i was on mission and yeah, wanting yeah. or maybe jesus like wanting to get stuff done <laughs> and you kindly said hey man we haven't hung out in a while yeah. like we haven't checked in on that relationship you know level and so the cool thing here is that it's it's all these three combined yeah, that yeah. make up such a powerful um 
gathering point. And also when we gather, I love what you said, Joel, it is contagious. It's, it's exciting. It stirs up that verse in Hebrews. We stir each other up to, mm-hmm. towards love and good deeds and, and we see God glorified and we yeah. see God do amazing things. So it really is the three. Someone may be listening and maybe they hear the first one, Jesus, they're like, okay, that sounds right. And then the second one, relationship, that sounds good. I like that. And then what would you, how would you encourage someone that's hearing this last one here about mission? Uh, Jose, you joked about even just like, uh, we've had conversations in the past about multiplication and just how groups, you know, <laughs> really it's a bad word when it comes to groups because you're, you're breaking it up or you're splitting and dividing all the, all the, the negative connotations there. But, but how, how do you personally, the two of you keep, not only keep mission at the forefront of your mind, but just even reminding yourself that that's a positive thing and that it's actually worth uh, living your life for. It goes back to, in my mind at least, to why I chose the word limited for this series. Our time here on earth is Mm, limited. That's really good. We have an unlimited reality (laughs) that we get to look forward to. There's no more sin. There's going to be no more pain, no more sorrow, you know, no more time. We're not going to be bound by time. We will have an unlimited, you know, view of God. It's going to be awesome. But here until Jesus comes back, our time is very limited. So <laughs> I think that's why I'm so missional to, to that end, because <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah. we got to go. We got to go. There's people that need to taste heaven here on earth as the body does what we're supposed to do, love and care and meet you know, a need. So time is limited. We got to go. Yeah, for sure. I think for me, it's just obedience. I mean, that's what Jesus says in the Great Commission. He says to go and make disciples and take that to the end of the world, to the nations. And so where we're at matters, and then where we're spending our time matters. So we're able to make all these different relationships. And so I think for me, it's just about obedience. I think something God's showing me in this arena too is like, that he he's designed us for it. I think I think so much of our flesh it goes against everything that we stand for. As far as it might be awkward, it might be scary, or you know my reputation's on the line. But God literally designed us to to do this, to be this way, and He's got our back, and He's the one that's actually the one driving the whole conversation to begin with, and we're following in His footsteps. So it just kind of it's kind of almost when when it, when, it, when there is a moment where I step out in obedience or faith, God's so gracious to come alongside and just affirm that and just support that, and it's like oh okay, like it may seem super scary and super. Hard hard and yet it really is how God designed it and and so we're actually moving with God instead of against everything that yeah. we stand for or we're designed for so I think that's big. That kind of flows into this next question here, Jose. One of the last passages that you uh, wrapped up on this message was Matthew 11, yeah. 28 through 30 here. So I'll just read it real quick. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Don't want you to have to recap your whole message here, but just what is so significant about this related to gathering? Yeah, he came for us. So he was sent on mission for each one of us. And when we recognize that, that's what fuels us to then go. We gather in his name, we love one another the way that he loves us, and then we go in his name by making disciples, by reaching out to those outside. If we miss this piece, then it becomes religion. It becomes, what am I doing to please God? If if we truly embrace that Jesus says, come to me every day, watch me fill your cup, and allow my love to overflow in your life, then we'll be able to live joyful and we'll be able to live a a peaceful existence in the midst of hard and trouble uh, times. And then we'll, we'll live righteously. So 
This is just week one of a four-week series. Jose, you want to give us a preview for what's ahead? Well, we're going to talk about grow next week in this sense of awe and how when, you know, it's tied to this. When we are in awe of what God has done for us, then that's when we grow Uh, versus we try to do all these things in order to maybe become more like Jesus. Sanctification is a response, is a result of justification, what Jesus has done for us. So it's all tied together. The first church lived it, and we're called to live it out today. So I'm excited to keep on going. Thanks for listening to the Conversations podcast. Be a part of the conversation by sending questions about the Sunday message directly from ccc.guide or by emailing conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. See you back for the next conversation.